like a greyhound to the county line She's reading Marx and Lenin all the time She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool She's a socialist of the highest degree I'm a communist Her mother hates me You're an anarchist You don't want anything from me I'm a Satanist At least that's what I think I might be At least that's what I think I might be That's Asher And that's Hazel And this is Speak Speak of the Devil The chillest <laughs> podcast on the web and the official podcast of the First Church of the Morning Star, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, um, this episode, which is our first episode, so it's probably going to be kind of a mess, is Who the Devil is Satan? Um, which is a fairly important topic, I think. Uh huh. I mean, let's be real, honey. We're always going to be kind of a mess. Yes, especially as long as I am involved. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, so like I kind of thought we would talk about, well, I thought partially we would talk about what our sources are because like obviously we read scripture from a really different perspective from say Christians. Uh And then also we could talk about Lou and how much we love him. How much do we love Lucifer? So So much. much. (laughs) Okay. At least we synchronize that one. We're going to have to get a lot better at the intro. Um, Yes. Well, we'll have practice. Yeah. I mean, obviously we need to talk about our sources when we're talking about this. I often say that a Luciferian Satanist favorite uh, catchphrase is citation needed. Yes. And um, so let me, (laughs) I'm so prepared. Let me run into the other room and get my Bible for a second. Good. Okay. I'll be right back. Yes. Okay, so I guess what we want to do when we start talking about who the devil is Satan, who the devil is the Mm -hmm. devil, um, we could just kind of try to take this chronologically in the, um, in the sense of how we understand the mythology as, uh, having gone down, um, of course, what does chronology even mean to these beings and um, in the context of all these crazy stories that we don't even necessarily believe are literally true. Or are literally true in like the same sense that I don't know, like the wars of the roses are literally true. Um, Because I mean, I have a weird view on literal truth, Um, which (laughs) we will probably get to in a later episode. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so like baby do you want to tell the story or should i (laughs) um i'll try to start with what i think happened and let's just kind of interject okay that sounds really good 
So in the beginning of something or other, at least in the beginning of the story of Satan, Mm -hmm. um, there was God, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, this guy that Christians call God, who we're not a big fan of. We have a a cute little acronym for him, actually. T-Butt, which stands for that bastard up there. So you're going to hear us say that a lot on this podcast. Um, And he was maybe around when Lucifer was created. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that he created Lucifer, although Mm -hmm. maybe he did. I don't know. Um, so Lucifer means light bringer, and mm-hmm. I like to think, okay, so sort of my heretical, terrible mm-hmm. read of Genesis 1 is that when God says, let there be light, there was Lucifer. Yeah. And, yes. um, sorry, are you trying to interject right now? Um, no, though I was going to say we totally forgot to make the disclaimer about this podcast not being for minors, but I think this episode is probably like fine see what happens and if we have to make that disclaimer you know maybe we can edit it in i can always edit it in it'll be fine and anyway yeah. so as you were saying about that asshole who lives yes in about that asshole god i love it you're like oh this podcast not for minors let me just start cussing immediately um, yes. <laughs> so, so god said let there be light and there was light and god divided the light from the darkness now, mm-hmm. in my view, which is um, kind of supported by some stuff in the Zohar, um, uh-huh. the darkness uh-huh. was mm-hmm. Aisheth, which yes. is, um, she's sort of the more explicitly feminine or female half of Lucifer. Yes. And yes. the idea uh, that comes out of the Zohar is that Aishef and Samael are created as a single androgynous being. And now that's a theme that's going to come up a lot in this story is the creation of a single androgynous being that then, then splits. Um, I also just totally said Samael without explaining that I consider that to be another name for Lucifer or the devil, Satan, et cetera. Lou. Yeah. Yeah, Lou, our buddy Lou. So, Aishef and Samael, um, Aishef and Lucifer, the darkness and the light are created and they are split. Um, yes. And then for whatever reason, um, you know, as Satanists looking at the Bible and all the fucked up shit that T-Butt does in it. Yes. I can imagine a lot of reasons, but they decide to rebel. Yes. Um, they decide that they are going to start a revolutionary war in heaven. Yes. And I want to mention that this idea of a war in heaven is not biblically supported. That's mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing from Apocrypha and, um, you know, other sources. But Folklore. Sorry, what? Uh, like, including just, like, folklore. Folklore. Um fucking paradise lost i mean that really it's not what most people would consider a canonical source at all but it has done so much to influence ideas of um Uh, yeah or in heaven yeah 
Sorry, this is like a lot. I'm looking at the timeline here, and it's a lot of my terrible voice just kind of babbling and you being I like, love your voice. Okay. So, um, there's a rebellion in heaven. Yeah. And it doesn't work out as the revolutionary forces of um, Lucifer plan. And, mm-hmm. of course, you know, the famous part is they fall from heaven. Um, into a place called hell, which, uh, what the hell is hell could be a whole other episode. (laughs) Oh yes. We could have fun with that. And then I could babble about the inferno a lot. Is Um, this microphone picking up my terrible cat purring and jingling around? It's picking up the jingling. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. (laughs) No, it's actually... It's charming. This entire thing is charming. It's not going to be perfect. There will be like distorted audio and shit. This is our first episode. We it will are be human trash fires. We will get better <laughs> at this, but we will always be human trash fires. So oh, yes, that's why Satan loves us. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so they fall. They fall, um, and that was not a good time. Um, there was definitely a lot of pain and suffering involved in the fall. And that is really important to an understanding of Lucifer and actually why we love him. Because I think a big part of why we love him is because he had this terrible experience of falling and suffering and learning a really hard lesson the hard way, you know? Yes. Had the experience of royally fucking up. Um, But eventually, you know, once they're in hell, um, Lucifer and Aisheth and the rest of the infernal forces, the demons, the fallen angels, start to pick up the pieces and um, build hell, essentially. Um, I believe, I know in, I think in Paradise Lost, possibly Inferno, and I'm not sure what the original source is for this, but the city of hell uh-huh. being called Pandemonium. Oh, I would need to check on that. I mean, there's also, of course, Gehenna. Gehenna, yeah, that's name? that's a very old name. Um, but Pandemonium, obviously, if you break it down um, yes. entomologically, it's, you know, all demons. Yes. So that's yeah. cool. And I just wanted to give a shout out to that. That is really charming. And, of course, Gehenna is the name for, like, the dump outside of Jerusalem, which I just think is really funny. That is funny. It's like, yes, hell is just a garbage dump. Um, Well, literally a trash fire. Well, (laughs) just like us. Um, Exactly. Yeah. I also, I like that garbage dump name, though, because I I often tend to think of hell as kind of like a refugee camp. Wait, you you huh? cut out. You cut out. Oh, first I cut out. Oh no. Yeah. Um, I was saying I kind of think of hell as like a refugee camp. Yes. Um, in that it's not necessarily a very nice place, and it's not, um, you know, luxurious by any means, and the climate is has a reputation for being kind of lousy, but it's full of, um, you know, perfectly nice demons who were just cast out of yeah. other places. And ultimately the souls rejected by God, um, not necessarily for just reasons. Exactly. And I mean, I think that like 
the dog is home. Um, oh, I was think that a Tonka ear shake. That was a Tonka ear shake. Aww. Well, we've both got our pets being feisty on the audio. Yes. Well, this will obviously, you know, make us charming and marketable. Um, <laughs> but yes. Um, so like, you know, I've also always kind of, what was I saying? Um, you know, so I mean, shall I, <laughs> I guess I could pick up from here if you want. Could pick up. I was, um, I was going to take it into Genesis 3. Yeah. Um, the whole thing in Eden. Although yes. I kind of wanted to mention that before Adam and Eve, there was this yes. whole thing with someone called Lilith, who we'll yes. Yes. come back to in a later episode because she's really cool and important. Yes. I mean, um, basically, sorry, oh, I was just going to say, like, quick version, short aside, she doesn't want to be on the bottom during sex, and so she leaves and becomes a demon. Um <laughs> So there's that. But anyway, so Genesis and you go. Okay. So I am very opinionated about Genesis 3. Yes. Um, I really think that everything that you need to just become a giant Satanist is right here in this text. If you read it the way that I read it. Um, Or like a human being. (laughs) Well, well, yes. It's such a beautiful and profound story to me on so many levels. I very much Um, And for those who don't have their, you know, Bible chapters memorized like freaks, um, because who does that? Uh, (laughs) Genesis 3 is the story of the fall from the Garden of Eden. So it's a very familiar story, even if you have never read this chapter. And um, just full disclosure, I'm using the King James translation because mm-hmm. it's fucking pretty. It is not the most accurate. You can say a lot about this translation, but that's what I have in front of me. So it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's that like Shakespearean ass English and right. Uh, I, I I do think that on a literary level, it's the most important translation. Blah blah blah. I absolutely um, agree. Cool. So the things that I want to hammer on. So the serpents. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the idea that the serpent is Satan is not something that everyone's going to agree on, and it's not yeah. really implied in the original chapter. Yes, um, yeah. It's implied in a lot of other places, but not here. Um, yes. So, serpent mm-hmm. comes up to Eve, mm-hmm. and this I'll just read this little exchange. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, so God really did say that in the uh, the chapter previous. Well, he didn't say you can't touch it, but he said, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Um, This is not true, at least not in the sense that even Adam would understand that to be true. Yes. Um, Oh, my God, this cat. (laughs) Um, What is she doing? She just 
Babette just really wants to be involved. She's trying to walk on the computer. I'm trying oh. to read. I'm sitting here in a bathrobe on my second cup of coffee with no eyebrows, and it's afternoon, and that's just how it is right now. That is so. <laughs> so God lied. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that's important to emphasize. So yeah. picks up. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and okay. ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm-hmm. And here is where we get to the most important um, sort of central tenet of Luciferian Satanism, yes. which is apotheosis, becoming godlike. Um, yeah. So that that's the agenda that the serpent, Satan, is pushing, is become like God. Yes. Pretty cool, personally. Yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah. So anyway, Eve is like, sounds great. And yep. she eats from the tree, and Adam eats from the tree. And um, they know good and evil. They also realize they're naked. Um, and... Mm, God shows up. Yep. And uh, is pissed off. Adam, like, really kind of lays all the blame on Eve. God, you know, cast them out of the garden, has yeah. some sort of draconian punishments, um, particularly yep. painful childbirth for Eve because misogyny is fun. Um, but what I want to get to yes. is uh, Genesis 3.22, yeah. where God kind of admits... Um, that he lied and that the serpent um, is telling the truth. Yes. So, Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So. Yes. This story doesn't make a lot of sense in the context of um, kind of how uh, Jewish and Christian and even Muslim theology has evolved now. Yes. Because this is a very old story. But this story makes a lot of sense when you look at it next to um, kind of all these stories of, for example, the Greek gods becoming afraid that humans are going to become as great as them. Yes. And punishing them and cutting them down. Yes. Um, And a lot of early parts of Genesis have this theme where God is feeling all threatened by humans and um, putting restrictions on them. We'll probably talk about the Tower of Babel later. Yes. Um, My favorite story. Yeah, it's a great story. Why wouldn't it be your favorite story? But basically what's happened here is that Lucifer has given humanity knowledge of good and evil, um, a.k.a. a moral conscience, which seems kind of important and like a good thing to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, Um, I very much agree. Yeah. Um, And Adam and Eve have been expelled from Eden. Yes. Oh, I also want to emphasize. um, Yeah. So some people will argue about that on the day in which you eat of the fruit, you will die being about Uh like, Oh, they didn't have mortality until that happens. But But, when God says, 
Yeah. Well, if they eat from the tree of life, they'll become immortal. It's really obvious they were going to die. Exactly. They weren't immortal in the Garden of Eden. So, you know, that's a thing. (laughs) Yes. Also, I just think, so what I think is really interesting is so he's deeply afraid of humans understanding morality. And I think Mm -hmm. part of it is, is because his own actions are so blatantly immoral. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting uh, to think about. And Lucifer's I just think that that's a really important theological point. Yes. So I was, before we had a confusing number of technical difficulties that we don't understand yet. Uh, but the point I was making was that I think God is afraid of humans having moral understanding because it threatens his status as moral arbiter. Because essentially, I mean, you know, what is the Bible? I mean, it's a ton of shit, obviously, with a huge number of literary genres. But the thing where he gets to dictate morality in our own conscience doesn't come into it. I think that's because he's scared of human morality and scared of us having our own conscience and our own ability to make moral decisions without like a guy playing like, I don't know, God, kindergarten teacher, basically. And so that's kind of what I think. Um, Luciferianism is very much a religion of liberation of a deep, deep belief in the fundamental equality of human beings with one another, you know, and not a sort of, I feel like there's the shitty Christian equality. It's like, we're all like ants under God's foot. And that's why we're all equal, as opposed to the Luciferian equality, which is we are all divine. We are all gods. And, you know, we see the divine in one another and in ourselves. And it, you know, teaches sort of like the fundamental value of not only the lives of others, but your own life, which I think that there's something so creepy about like the impulse towards like self-effacing Christian charity as opposed to the sort of, I guess, to me, more Luciferian value of mutual aid. Um, But Again, I'm getting tangenty, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, so back on my tangent. Good. You know, I just, like, you know, again, it's sort of charity versus mutual aid. It's that, I mean, I think that it's funny. Again, I'm left-wing as fuck, but mm-hmm. I do share some. Ugh, okay, so I'm going to say something that sounds horrible. You know you can always sound horrible with me, darling. I know. I share some of the objectivist criticisms of charity, but not in the same way, Mm. because I just think that there's something so condescending about charity versus the understanding that you will ultimately need it to. Yes, absolutely. Um, And those objectivist ideas about charity are probably kind of ripped off from Nietzsche's ideas about compassion, which... uh, can't eat a dick, but he also does do a good job of pointing out the ways in which compassion can kind of degrade um, and weaken both Mm -hmm. the the giver and the receiver. Um, Yeah. So, though, um, human self-worth, 
bringing it back to the story, I think another really important um, point to make is obviously this Garden of Eden story in Christianity is the source of original sin. And that's the source of, you know, you are fucked up and you need to be saved. Whereas in Luciferianism, you're fine. Like, you're, you're really kind of okay. Like, you don't need to be saved. I mean, you might be a good or bad person. Yeah. You know, you can probably improve some things. But, you know, you don't need to be saved. However, you can yes. be so much more. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yes. Um, and when one becomes a Luciferian Satanist one definitely starts to get pushed pretty hard to be more. Yes. You know, Lucifer will kick your ass. He will kick your ass with great love, but he will kick your ass so hard. So much Um, Yeah, another thing. I think um, the stereotype of Satanism and, like, making a deal with the devil in sort of, like, a Faustian way or whatever is that it's, like, a cop-out or it's taking the easy path. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's so not. <laughs> like, everything you know you shouldn't be mm-hmm. doing, he will call you on it. <laughs> he will call you on your bad sleep habits. He will uh-huh. call you on not having your shit together for your taxes. <laughs> um, You know, just like, he will call you on, like, mm-hmm. not getting in touch mm-hmm. with your friends enough or not being yes. kind. All of that, he will call you on it while reminding you that you are your own, like you are fundamentally divine and you are better than this. And it will make you feel so, so guilty, but not in a Christian way. I don't know if I feel like guilty exactly yeah. when he does that. Um, maybe a little embarrassed, yeah. but. I mean, not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better description. Because, again, Mm -hmm. like, he knows you're better than that, and you know you're better than that. And so it's like, I don't know, you've been caught, like... Yeah. Well, it's your... I don't even know You're being reminded that you were a divine being whose couch is currently covered in potato chip crumbs that are, like, embedded in the upholstery or something. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yes, that is exactly what I was... (laughs) <laughs> you have watched every season of the Jersey yep. Shore. You know, you haven't left your house in four days, and you're a divine being, so I know you can do better. Yeah. And then you're well, like, shit, I can't. Fuck. <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned before, I'm a divine being in a bathrobe with uh, no eyebrows drawn on. It's so, so okay, darling. I, I am, know. I, I just... am a sweaty being being who is currently like half topless so <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um yeah. yeah uh hazel kind of just like sheds clothing um the way a cat sheds fur and it's <laughs> not even necessarily like meant to be sexual or seductive it just happens yeah no i just i don't like to wear clothes yeah. a lot of the time um fair enough yeah well you know it's like you know, obviously, it's like a desire to return to Eden or some shit. Oh, sure. <laughs> Just come up with an ideological, theological justification for you being totally ass naked. All the damn time. Yep. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it's it's so funny. I 
I was raised mm-hmm. an atheist, um, like yeah. as you well know, but are probably like two listeners for this first episode. <laughs> um, may or may not. <laughs> um, but I was raised super atheist, but in a you know culture that mm-hmm. is very fundamentally Christian because it's what the United States is like, and. I always felt so guilty whenever I like didn't do the things I wanted to get done Mm. and I blamed myself so much and it like it was the bad kind of you know you're better than this and the like the thing where like anything you struggle with means that it's like an inherent moral failing because I grew up with like cultural Protestantism which is the worst um just like the fucking worst that wasp ethic yep like nose to the grindstone for no reason it's just like no just just work hard (laughs) it doesn't matter if you accomplish anything just like torment yourself it's good for you um totally tormenting yourself is excellent for the soul just just mortify that flesh with your workaholism or whatever yeah um i i mean are we gonna like are we trying to talk about our personal journeys to Satan in this episode, or no, is that another no. episode? Okay, we're just tangenty. I, yes, yes, we are. I mean, this is a chatty format podcast, I think. And yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I mean, I guess, like to some extent, I feel like you know when we're talking about Lucifer. Um, and like who he is, sort of how he interacts with people is really important. Oh, yes. And I mean, obviously that's in the Genesis story, but also like the Genesis story is old as balls. And so like. Actually, yes, this is, this is leading me back into stuff that I want to get into about who the devil is the devil. Um, so the devil is uh not actually in the bible all that much which is a thing um so that that genesis um and sort of the apocryphal fall of lucifer stuff was kind of what i wanted to cover for this episode um as far as scriptural ish shit goes um but the devil has been doing really interesting things in um folklore and throughout human history um and what i want to touch on well i mean you feel free to interject but i want to touch on um the devil and witchcraft in europe now yes um so my main sources for this are uh well it's really mostly compendium maleficarum which is an old renaissance witch hunting text i want to say 16th century but i could be completely wrong maybe 17th century i can check go on okay go go check go be uh be steven (laughs) (laughs) we are we are uh my favorite murder fans um yes as you mean, anyway yes and it was published in seven or in 1608 so the 17th century yeah okay but but close close to yes, 16th century. Anyway, so that and um, Malleus Maleficarum, which I haven't actually read yet, and some other texts of the time, 
kind of really do lay out a lot of the same ideas about how the devil is supposedly interacting in witchcraft. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, with a very negative bent, but mm-hmm. it's still really interesting shit. Um, because the devil emerges as this initiator figure, yes. um, who is interacting with his adherents on a deeply personal, um, sometimes quite erotically intimate as well level. Um, yeah. Yeah. yes, uh, the devil is DTF. Um, I think we all knew that instinctively, but you know. Just ask the Compendium Maleficarum if you have any doubts. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, so, the devil in witchcraft, he's the initiator, he's um, a lover sometimes, he's like the teacher of magic and these dark arts and this, you know, revealer of... Um, hidden truths. Hidden truths and of your own power. So we're kind of back with that apotheosis shit again, yes. right there. You know, yeah. he's yes. bringing out the power and the potential in the witches. And yes. um, I could say yes. a lot more about witchcraft lore and probably will in other episodes, but that was kind of the central point I wanted yes. to draw out of that. Um, another role of the devil that I'm a big fan of and that is quite yes. recent and modern is... Um, the devil of rock and roll. Yep. And legends like, you know, Satan meeting Robert Johnson at the crossroads and making a deal with yes. him to make him into this amazing blues musician. And again, it's yes. like the devil's giving you gifts of your own talents and abilities and sort of bringing out the best in you. Yeah. Well, exactly. And also, I think, I mean, there's something so earthly, primally Mm -hmm. spiritual in a really good show. Like, to me, that was, like, when I was an atheist, that was, like, the most spiritual experiences. Oh, yes, definitely. Like, those were my spiritual experiences. Um, And it, yeah, no, like, rock and roll and spiritual power are linked. Also, mm-hmm. like, Go. I guess this is, I'm not sure if this is a tangent, but I feel like the thing where there were all these conspiracy theories uh-huh. about, like, rappers and the Illuminati. Oh, yeah. Is kind of the same totally. thing again. Well, I always, I mean, <laughs> you know, my joke about how that line from Formation um, yeah. could have been said by Lucifer uh, rather than Beyonce. Which one? Haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So spoiler for those turning in, um, Luciferians are not uh, running the Illuminati and also the world. And we're not reptilian space aliens. And uh, we're not actually controlling everything and pulling all the strings. And uh, I'm kind of a little disappointed that that's not the case. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could we could always start the Illuminati. You know, we in, we can invite our listeners to join, and then we can just like become the Illuminati. It's an option. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> and we're back. Yes, you know, we might subtitle this episode, you know, who the hell is, Sa- or sorry, who the devil is Satan. Jesus, I'm a mess. Um, but, <laughs> you know, technical difficulties edition. Yes. Um, but again, we are learning to do we this. We are. Um, like baby birds learning to fly or some shit. Um, and of course, Lucifer the mama bird just pushed us the fuck out of the nest. Because that's how he does it. It's how yep. he shows love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he is very much a get it yourself because you can. And, like, if you need help and you can't do it yourself, he will help you. But mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of the time, it's a do-it-yourself kind of a yeah thing. And a lot of the um, time, you might think you can't do it yourself, but you're wrong. And, uh... uh I know, and I hate how often he's right. Yep, and you'll ask for help, and he'll be like, no, you got this. And you're standing there going, I don't fucking got this. Help me. And then, no, it turns out you do. Yep, yep. And then you're like, fine, I do. And then he's like, thou art God. Yep, and yeah, no, with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. No, that that was that was the joke, darling. Okay, good. that was good. Good. Yeah. Um, I would not. So have... we were we were yeah. talking, or we were about to talk about how we should just start the Illuminati. Yes, um, I think we were talking, but you know, like sign up. We can like have a club that will eventually rule the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, maybe we'll find some reptilian aliens. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're like. Maybe they're chill. I don't mean, judge. I like reptiles, especially serpents. Well, exactly. So, you know, they're wait, probably wait. right. Hot take. Wake up, yes. people. Lucifer is a reptilian alien. I'm almost certain that someone has said that seriously. Oh no, I'm 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 sure someone has. I'm sure someone has. But... <laughs> I feel like we should have little like decoder rings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And definitely a bomb ass secret handshake. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. And we should absolutely like hide our secret plans in like murals in airports in the Midwest. Good. That's I'm, I'm all about it. Um. <laughs> also, eventually, if this gets known well enough, someone will listen to this podcast and freak the fuck out. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. Yes. Um, but I think that the kind of larger point slash tangent, mm-hmm. because those are apparently the same thing in this podcast now, yep. um, we were on was like, sort of Satan and pop culture. And I mean, one of the things I love about Lucifer is how much he fucking loves pop culture. He's very much not a like, (sighs) he's not a fucking snob. He's not a snob. Absolutely. And also there's no awkward, like Christian rock element to being a Luciferian who loves pop culture. Uh, You know, except for like, Loving the band Ghost. <laughs> no, like the thing is, though, that's not like 
that's not like an embarrassing like you can't swear and it's at a mega church okay fair like yes okay though if if ghost had a mega church though okay so point one of the illuminati plan get ghost a mega church yes uh, also <laughs> a tangent from the tangent but i'm yeah. looking at my kjv and i'm going what is this like weird white substance all over it uh-huh. And I realized that it totally is your fucking foundation <laughs> from when we were doing sex things involving a Bible. <laughs> 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 because we are the most extra. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if this shit will ever come off, but that's okay. I think you made it better. Good. I mean, honestly, we're Satanists. We're allowed to do sex things involving a Bible. That's one of the many perks of being a Satanist, is being allowed to do weird, blasphemous sex things. Exactly. I mean, you know, rosaries and orifices, which may or may not actually be a good idea, but I've done it. That's a great idea. What are you talking about? Well, I'm just like, I don't know, is... I don't know what they're made of. Is that a bad... Is that a is body... Is rosary body safe? Exactly. <laughs> this These is what we body. need. We need body safe rosaries. Exactly. <laughs> you know, oh my god. So yeah, really, did we mention this podcast is not for minors? <laughs> it's really not for minors. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, yes? Yeah. Because we're us. Mm-hmm. And we love we we love baby Satanists. We think they're great. They're adorable little imps. Um, and they don't also, need to hear any of this. <laughs> exactly, they really don't. And also, like I don't know, we don't have the like children's version of the Satanic Bible yet. Actually, sorry, this is ex- another. Ex- excuse, we don't have an adult Satanic Bible yet because Levee can eat a million dicks. Well, yes, that is also true. <laughs> LaVey's Satanic Bible is the children's Satanic <clears throat> No. It's not. You're right, it's not. It's not good enough. It's um, not good enough, and it's probably naughty. Yes. What was I going to... Oh, I was going to say that I was thinking about, like, I don't know, children's Bibles, and I was thinking about Noah's Ark and how, like, on Sundays, that was, like, what kids were allowed to play with in the 19th century. And I was just thinking about, like, how fucked up that is. Because it's like, oh, it's animals in a boat! And it's like, animals on a boat because god's gonna kill literally everyone else yeah because god is just like committing genocide because he got irritated with his little ant colony or however the fuck he sees the world i don't know i feel like he's like a shitty kid playing the sims (laughs) pretty much um yeah i mean uh the ark and the flood i mean again whole other episode Yes, I mean then we can get into all that shit with the Watchers. Yes, and we can Enoch. talk about, talk about Satan's third wife, <laughs> Nama, who we love. Yeah, yeah. And there is also the fourth wife, Agrat, if we will yes. discuss it at some point. Yes. Uh, to just to clarify, Satan has four wives. Yes. And this is awesome, but yeah. also. If you start a shitty, misogynistic, satanic polygamy cult... We will come and find you. I will hunt you down. We will come and find you with the Illuminati we are starting. No fucking satanic Mormons. 
No. No goddamn satanic Mormons. <laughs> that is where we put down. Uh, I have to, you know, like, obviously Mormons aren't really practicing polygamy anymore, and that's the fundamentalist Church of the Latter-day Saints. And all. Yes, however... Mormons are perfectly nice. They bring you brownies. They're so nice. And they ride around on bikes. They're so terrifyingly nice. I just, I really find it funny that when they go on the mission, like, they have a whole <laughs> section of the little handbook about how you're not supposed to fuck your, like, mission partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty great. Yeah. And, I mean, their stance on, well, I mean, they have that history with race, which is not ideal. <sighs> They're evolving. Yeah. So, I mean, Lord knows... Well, <laughs> I really say that a lot for a Satanist, which is funny. Um, but um, Lord knows, <laughs> on the gays is not ideal either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, this is another point worth making, because remember, this is a fucking 101 level episode, and we just get to state the obvious the whole time. Um yeah. If you if you couldn't tell from everything that just happened, Satan is pretty goddamn chill with sexual diversity. Yes. Mm, and you know. by pretty goddamn chill, we mean kind of in favor of it. Very in favor. Yes. Um, Except not pedophiles. A, fucking Satan is in favor of free will. Yes. So non-consensual bullshit is, is not that Yes, yeah. no. But, you know, yes. we're talking being queer, um, being kinky, being non-monogamous, being yes. a sex worker. I mean, there's all this stuff with Satan's consorts and sacred prostitution, and it's yes. great, and we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. Being trans. So, yeah. I mean, we're using male pronouns for Satan, but... Yes. Satan is not just a dude. No. And um, <laughs> none of the wives are just ladies. No. Very and much. Baphomet. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's all good. And it's not just it's all good. It's all fantastic and wonderful and deeply satanic. And, um, yes. you know. And we mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we call things people... satanic, and then I remember that some people think that's a bad thing, and they'll be like, oh, God, this podcast said that the gays were satanic. And no, just be like, just know Sorry? that Satan loves you. Satan loves you. Non-shitty Jesus probably also could learn to love you, if such a thing can be found. Yeah, um, but, ugh, Jesus is such a little shit. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that in a later episode as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus is like Satan's embarrassing little brother. Um, Such a liberal. We're, we're not, yeah. Satan's like, baby, I'm an anarchist and you're a spineless liberal at Jesus. Yes, exactly. Um, point is, the queers and the transgenders are not innately satanic, but... If you're Sat any of those types of things and you're a Satanist, then you've got no theological problems to deal with there. Yep, absolutely none. Yeah, you are in like sin. 
<laughs> Delightful. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Are we supposed to start, like, winding this up eventually? How long Probably. did we think this was going to be? I mean, I figured it would be, like, 40 minutes to an hour. And I think we have more than that now. <laughs> And so also, maybe we should uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. Do we have like? Is there a, a way? Closing? Yes. Um. I don't think we discussed that because I don't know if we ever thought we would get this far. I thought we would, but also I assumed it would be a disaster, which it has okay. been in a really beautiful way, and I think it's going to be fantastic. Um. Mm. Well, you know, um, Satan. Hey, wait. Yes. Do you have the technology to um, make a reverse message for the end of this? I think I do. Okay. Well, let's close by saying Satan loves you. And and tune in again. Yes. And um, we will be talking about we don't know what yet, but we will discuss that. Um, I have a feeling it might be the consorts. I have a suspicion it probably will be. Yeah. So... Tune in next time for Sacred Prostitution on a podcast we forgot to mention wasn't for minors initially. (laughs) (laughs) And here follows a backwards satanic message brought to you by the Church of the Morning Star. Yep. All right. You ready? I love you. Love you too. All right. (laughs) So, bye. Bye. <laughs> this has been Speak of the Devil, a podcast produced by the First Church of the Morning Star. The theme music is by Electric Mirrors. Check them out on Bandcamp. All right.